0: This presentation is from Design Leadership 2020. So coming up next, we have Justin and Will from Australian Unity, and they'll be talking to us about the designer as a storyteller um, and the, the role of story and the role of storytelling in the work that we do. Um, really happy to have them here and, and have them both uh, share that with us. Uh, I think we're in for an interesting um, presentation style, if I'm not mistaken, but um, thank you both very much. Okay, so we're going to talk to you about designer, storyteller, and influencing leadership through visual metaphor. So I'm going to be doing now that we figured it out. Now I'm going to be doing the talking, and Justin's going to be doing the drawing. Um, But this is a talk we've developed together. And it's a talk about persuasion. So if the role of the designer is to create uh, change, then the ability to persuade others is obviously fundamental to design. And persuasion is especially important to design leaders. Today we're gonna talk specifically about metaphors and our thesis is that designers are always working with metaphor, but often not realizing just how much of a role it plays in our practice. Um, And then if we re-engage with metaphor, we can open up a whole new way of influencing change in design leadership roles. So here's one particular persuasion problem that we've applied this approach to. We are a design team of two in a large organisation. One of the main things this organisation does is home care for elderly people. So that means we have a large workforce of frontline employees uh, going into people's homes and helping around the house, providing personal care and nursing services. And it's all about helping people remain independent in their homes as they age. And in this organisation, design is new. Our goal is to create pockets of within the organisation where design can flourish and in turn develop and circulate stories about the value of design. That's our growth model anyway. So independent of us, and uh, there are people in the organisation driven to be more customer-centred in their work. And to help with this, they're trying new methods of working that they picked up through consultants or reading. And these include things like journey mapping, MVPs, and co-design. So great, people are already getting stuck into the designers' toolkit. Leadership is starting to speak the language of design and asking for more journey maps. Maybe half our work is done. Well, not necessarily. Here's the thing about tools. Tools are useful in as much as they force us to think differently and approach a problem in a new way. That is, they're useful when they force a shift in mindset. A journey map forces a shift from seeing the business as a machine which produces things to seeing the business as an organism which comes into contact with customers in a wider context. In the same way, co-design forces a shift from us being the experts to respecting the expertise of people with lived experience. But what we see a lot of the time is that tools are adapted and used in a way that inadvertently reinforces the status quo like a journey map that is centered around marketing artifacts uh, rather than customers or co-design activities which seek validation of internally designed concepts rather than genuinely sitting down side by side with customers to create things together maybe mvps with no funding for future iteration so why does this happen why are people who genuinely wanted to be doing better for customers just modifying the tools so that the output is essentially the same? Well, for us, it's a variety of reasons. It's the cultural and structural barriers that make, the, within organisations, that make it hard for people to simply go out and spend time with customers. It's also that new tools are just inherently shiny. So it gives people a sense of comfort that they're doing the work in a different way, even if that hasn't really affected the kind of change that they were seeking whatever the reasons it's clear to us that people getting stuck into the designers toolkit is only going to become effective if we can work with leadership to communicate the importance of design mindset so essentially we need to cut through the design speak and get to the deeper value of design thinking and for us the way to do that is to go back to uh, to first principles and the commonly referenced concept of customer experience. And this is how we found ourselves creating a visual metaphor for leadership. Now, full disclosure, this isn't something we've solved for completely. Um, It's just really a journey we're getting started on ourselves. But since we've started taking a new approach, we've noticed that our ability to persuade leadership on these issues has shifted significantly we're gonna share a bit about that now. So, we were able to beg and bribe our way into delivering a 90 minute introduction to human-centered design uh, to an executive leadership team uh, on one of their offsites. And this is the image we started with. And while we showed this image on the big screen at the front of the room, we told a story. And so we're going to tell that story now, so settle in for a few minutes. Imagine for a moment that we run a home care business with just one customer, but all the head office people and systems infrastructure that it takes to run a business of, say, 40,000 customers. Because we've only got the one customer, we we can take all that infrastructure, all those people, and bring it over to our customer's house because they have a spare room they don't use, they've got decent Wi-Fi, and uh, we can jam it all in there and save on a bit of office space. And remember, this is a pre-COVID, pre-social distancing metaphor, which is quite important. But taking yourself back to that time, uh, once we've moved in, we can start delivering services. Every morning, a, a care worker comes to the house, helps our customer get up, dressed, ready for the day, and they might go out to the supermarket to do some grocery shopping, or they might just stay and chat over a cuppa. In the evening, another care worker comes and helps prepare a meal for our customer and takes the dog for a walk. In the meantime, there's all these people just metres away, responding to appointment scheduling issues, changes in uh, government standards, billing, marketing, all the things they do every day to operate a large business, but this time just for the one customer. And mostly it goes very well. The care workers come on time, they deliver a great service, they catch up with our customer on the cricket. It's so effortless, in fact, that the customer forgets that there is this whole operations and strategy department whirring away behind a thin sheet of plaster. But every now and again, their well-oiled machine jumps a cog. Some marketing material has created expectation, uh, an expectation that isn't being met. A new care worker arrives without warning one day and doesn't know our customer's routine, which means they're late getting to the community knitting group. And sometimes something goes so wrong that the door to the spare room actually opens and someone in a suit pops their head in to give our care worker an updated policy or explain to the customer that because of a system limitation, we can't deliver uh, service to the, to the quality and expectations that the customer has developed and this is a a real shock to our customer when they signed up with us it was on the promise of good care and companionship from an individual not to have to deal with all this stuff so in this analogy good uh, good customer experiences mean that the door doesn't open the there is no rumble from the spare room and the line of visibility isn't breached it means that we leave the care worker and the customer to create a human connection uh, so that our, our elderly customer receiving personal care is at once reminded of their vulnerability, uh, but they also it's also reinforcing for them to understand that they're well taken care of. And for a care worker, they have the opportunity to contribute back to the community, uh, give assistance and build a more caring world. All we need to do is to set this moment up, give our employee what they need and then stay the hell out of their way. And for us, uh, that's what design is all about. Design is about helping the business keep the door shut, enabling and entrusting employees to deliver the magic moments directly to customers and working to stop the organisation and all its complexity from revealing itself and spoiling the moment. So whatever we're designing, we're always doing this in a way that connects what's happening in both rooms without the door having to open. We, 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 and because of this, we want to see the big picture and the details simultaneously. So it means that if we're designing a service or interface or for collaboration or, or back-end workflows, we're always tra- tying what we do to the business's strategic priorities and then the, the wider context um, around our customer. For human-centered designers, nothing happens out in isolation of the bigger picture or the people within that picture. And seeing. So we gave this talk, as we've just done to you, to to this leadership group, group, and we noticed a few things after presenting this. Number one is that it sticks with people. It's a hook for them to recall who we are and what we do. So we initially saw this on the day of presenting this um, because people who got up up after us to speak referenced uh, keeping the door shut in their own uh, reports back on priority areas and projects. Number two is that word gets around. So when people have had a chance to be talked through this metaphor and have engaged in a conversation around it, they often want their own teams or teams that they collaborate with closely to have the same opportunity. So in that way, it's become our key to getting invited to a, a broader range of conversations around business. And thirdly, is that we've started to see a change of tone in the conversations we're having with leadership about the uh, the importance of design mindset. We're sensing, sensing more of an openness there. So, what is happening here? Why was a simple drawing and story so effective for us? So to understand that, uh, in the process of, of creating this talk together, we've gone back and reflected on the different roles that metaphor plays in design, and we found three: the descriptive, the creative, and the persuasive. Now, all metaphors might play each of these roles in some way, but um, if we've got a, a, a more of a better understanding uh, and awareness of these um, roles of metaphor, then we can, you know, dial up. The, the, the role that we need to, pay, uh, to help us achieve a particular purpose. So let's run through each of these roles and try to locate the spare room story in them. So we'll start with a we'll start with a descriptive role and we'll look at a metaphor that we, uh, we all come into contact every day. This is the original icon for the trash can or bin that was uh, that appeared in Apple's first uh, graphic user interface. Um, and the trash can is a metaphor for a function that basically categorizes files for bulk deletion. So, so by using this icon, the designers are creating a simple comparison with a domestic item which gives form and color to an otherwise abstract and complicated feature. But it's a bit bit deeper than that, because by using this metaphor, the user is being guided to apply a familiar mental model uh, to their virtual world. Um, So not only is the trash can a way to remove unwanted items, but in the same way that a a real-life bin can be filled up and emptied later, it means that if you throw something out by mistake, you can get back in there and retrieve it if you need to. So when metaphor makes complexity accessible, as in this case, it uh, an, an influences the creation of mental models. We're seeing the descriptive role really playing the forefront. So a metaphor which is designed to describe is all about making uh, logical and, and strong connections between two different things and providing this aha moment of clarity to, to the user. But that being said, our home care metaphor doesn't feel uh, primarily descriptive. Um, the connection that we're making between sharing a physical space and delivery of home care isn't straight and logical as in the example of the trash can. So let's continue on and see if we can locate our metaphor in other roles. So the creative role of metaphor uh, we see in a, in a common design workshop activity. So a lot of uh, people in the audience will have used parallel worlds as a way to help themselves and, and others reframe a problem they're interested in. So let's say that we're working on redesigning the experience of retirement planning. Uh, we might be asked to think about what we can learn from the world of agile project management. And if we do, if we if we're asked that question, we're, we're essentially being asked to reframe the experience, which is an experience which is personal, domestic, and unstructured to one which is uh, collaborative, corporate, and built around rituals. So we can investigate the links between these two worlds, and that is the act of creating metaphor. So ideas come out of this. Uh, What if people had retros with their financial planner, their GP, represented from their super fund, uh, to reflect on how all the support players in someone's retirement journey are collaborating to achieve a common goal? Maybe. Whether that's useful or not, it uh, shows us that reframing approaches like parallel worlds create interesting results when the force connections aren't logical and safe. So we need to create, we need some creative tension. And uh, if we want to get really innovative, we might try creating a metaphor from retirement planning and a carrot. Um, I'm interested, we're interested to, to know what this stirs up for people in the uh, audience. If you've if you can think of uh, some, something we can take from the humble carrot to transform how people experience retirement planning, then feel free to drop some ideas in the chat on Zoom. So notice that uh, if 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 you do take us up on this, uh, it starts with a question. It's an internal thought. It's, it's a question that says, what is similar about retirement and a carrot? And if there's a team of designers getting around this problem, then that question might be asked out loud. And this shows how the creative role of metaphor starts a conversation. So, whereas the, also the other thing about the, the, the differentiating us from, differentiating us from the, the descriptive role of metaphor is that uh, while that, that role of metaphor uses one thing to compare with another, the creative role of metaphor creates something new and, and we are allowed to focus on a, a third newly created thing. So we have some uh, chat responses, which is wonderful. We didn't really know what we were going to get. Uh, sowing the seeds, I've seen lush and green up top. What lies below is boring and stick. <laughs> Fantastic. Look, to be honest, we thought it's 3.30 in the afternoon. I don't know how... how uh, how creative people are going to feel, but um, I can see that that's not the case. Anyway, grow slowly underground so that you may not see the benefits straight away. Sure. What do you think about the carrot? Most of the good stuff is hidden like retirement. So you have to rake the soil. There's heaps heaps in there. That's wonderful. Thank you. Um, so these kind of ideas, that's kind of where our heads went to initially as well. Um, maybe maybe these, these green tops of the carrot uh, which indicate the health and the size of the, of the root below, give us leads to think about um, different signs that people can look to uh, to test the waters of their unseen, unseen kind of more abstract future. Again, maybe that's useful, maybe not, but it's, it's uh, a helpful example. So going back to the thought experiment with home care leaders, let's break it down as a creative metaphor. Uh, it's asking for a comparison between delivering care services in the home and sharing a house with someone. The head office has really become a housemate of sorts. And the focus is on a new, a third newly created image of this, which is the scene in which all these actors play out their roles in a reframed setting. So importantly, the potential for conversation is here. What would it mean for the notion of customer experience if we moved in a team of corporate suits? How and when would the customer choose or be forced to uh, interact with those people? But still, for us, the creative role of metaphor alone doesn't feel quite enough when reflecting on the story of the spare room. Because while the creative role of metaphor does create a conversation, it's a conversation of what-ifs, of what could be, and vision. We found our metaphor effective because it created conversations of change or how do we move towards this vision together? And this is a really important point for the design leader who's faced with uh, strategic persuasion challenges. Ours was to get recognition from leadership of the role of design mindsets and how a more holistic understanding of design could influence customer experience in new and profound ways. For the design leader, it's not enough to create the vision. The legwork of persuasion is in facilitating and influencing a conversation around how that vision is achieved. This is where the persuasive role of metaphor steps in. The major way in which the persuasive role of metaphor is brought to the front is through story, which involves character and action. Story creates the emotional response for people when the door opens in our metaphor and someone in a suit busts in and disrupts and interrupts um, the customer's life. But this is a particular kind of story because unlike the stories we often tell as designers, The central characters here aren't the customer, isn't the customer, the central actors, the characters with agency and choice in this story are in fact, people in the business. And this is important because it allows people to step inside the world the metaphor has created, see themselves in it and their own role in pulling down barriers to make this world real. Once inside this world, we can host a discussion about the differences between the current world and the new one, we can ask, Why is this new world, why does this new world not yet exist? We can also ask how do we have to change the current world to create the new one? And it's in this way that metaphor gets us talking about change. So that's our journey so far with metaphor. After recognizing the use of the descriptive and creative roles, we've been, been able to become much more intentional about elevating the persuasive role of metaphor in challenges to challenges of strategy. And the way we did this was to start re-engaging with metaphor generally, starting with a simple awareness and just tuning into the absolute pervasiveness of metaphor in our everyday lives. Metaphor is everywhere in design. People are from different backgrounds will all bring their own connection to metaphor. For Justin, it's through drawing and visual communication. For myself, it's through a background in writing and literature. For others, it'll be innovation, interface design, communication design, so on. Think about the metaphors you rely on in your own design practice and examine them from a descriptive and creative perspective. Question how you can add story to invite the people with the power to change the organization into a new world. And ask yourself, how are you starting conversations about change? Thanks for having us.